uh, I'm here with my new friend. Hello, Kevin Monroe. And Kevin, you're just saying something about your last name and how your dad reacted to the family name. Please continue. Well, you you asked, did I get asked about Marilyn? And I said, well, my dad always called her cousin Marilyn, right? And Monroe wasn't her real last name, but he um, always loved uh, referring to her as cousin Marilyn. So, Faye, I'm just excited to be here. And for us to, Faye and I met, what, the first day of this month is when we met. Oh. And this is our first time one-on-one -on -one in conversation. We met as part of a small group. And I'm so excited to be here with you and all of you, you that's watching, whenever you watch, thanks for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in, guys. We won't be able to see all of you, uh, not even face to face, but our countdown, you know, our, you know, person count, it's not always accurate. So please do drop in, say hi, ask us any questions, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, we would love to answer questions related to what it's like to be a creator, to create a movement, to create a challenge. So, Kevin, before we jump right in, for those those of my audience who are not as familiar with your work, I want to give you a quick shout out and quick intro, if that's okay. Fine. All right. So, everybody meet Kevin Monroe, uh, who created, you know, really this, this movement. I'm grateful for you. And... Um, you know, I have these cards. I'll be showing you guys these envelopes uh, that Kevin has sent to me. I'm really touched by it because Kevin envisions our world uh, touched and transformed by gratitude uh, and by the power of gratitude, the experience and the expression of gratitude. And I know that we talk about this all the time, but how do you practice? How do you integrate it into your daily life is something we really want to share with you. And he believes gratitude experience is better than gratitude explained. And that gratitude is best experienced in a community. To that end, he creates environments, hosts encounters and curious experiences, allowing people to explore, express, and experience gratitude. His most recent gratitude innovation is the I'm grateful for you movement that is transforming workplaces, communities, congregations around the world. And I've listed his contact information links in the description wherever you're watching this, on LinkedIn, YouTube, social media. So please say hi, please go check out his work. And with that said, well, it's our today's chat. Uh, yeah, Kevin, I would like to jump right in to say like, what, what was your, what was your origin story before I'm oh grateful God. for you? What did you do? <laughs> Were you a banker? I'm going to pretend I didn't read any of your bio. That's okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so Faye, without going through all of the uh, 63 years that it's been, and I don't mind saying I'm 63, I don't want to go all the way back, but I will go back 50 years and say when I was 13 years old, there was something, there was a desire I had then that I've had ever since then. I want to make the world a better place. I want it to matter that I've lived. And I think it should matter that you've lived and that who, who you watching. We want it. We want to make a difference in the world. Now, I, I jokingly say, and people that are of that age, they remember the Coca-Cola commercial, like on the hills of Switzerland, a whole bunch of young people, somebody playing an acoustic guitar. I'd like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. I don't know if that's what started it or what, Faye, but mm -hmm. there was always this desire to make the world a better place. And so, you know, for me, it was a zigzag path of the ways I tried to do that. But there's a through line that runs through that. That's always this making the world a better place. So uh, I worked in corporate America for, uh, oh, 15 years. Then I went 
and joined a high-tech startup that wanted to make a difference in healthcare. Now, we didn't know that the we didn't know that there was this thing called the internet bubble and we didn't know that that bubble was about to bust. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. But but we got on the end of the bubble. The bubble busted and uh, our company went down the tubes. And then I was trying to figure out what's next. And I started working for a not for profit organization. You know, and, and if you think back to the early 2000s, it seems like the not for profit world pretty much had a lock on the make a difference sector. Mm -hmm. um, and then, then things started changing. So 2005, I started a business and the business is called X Factor Consulting. And if that business were a software, we'd probably be on version 5.3 of the <laughs> software because the, the company doesn't look anything like it did back then, except that we're still trying to make the world a better place and make a difference. Mm, wow. Coming from software, by the way, I also studied computer science and math. So I do relate to and have also worked in the software industry. And yeah, early 2000, that was interesting. That's exactly exactly when I came to the US. So I can't believe really? I spent yeah, more time now at this age compared to the time I've spent in mainland China. Mm -hmm. uh, very interesting. So and, you know, I, I see that you now have multiple web properties. I don't even like to call them that, but I love visiting your website and just see how soothing, how clear the message mm -hmm. is you're not trying mm -hmm. to overcomplicate things. So you have kevinmonroe.com. You have, you know, I am grateful for you uh, as a domain. And how, by the way, how did the the idea of the Kevin Monroe brand come into place? That's your personal brand. And then the I am grateful for you. Yeah. So, and then I do owe you uh, an origin story of the gratitude work. I, I don't want, mm -hmm. I won't come back to that in a moment. So um, mm -hmm. we started this business. I started it as X Factor Consulting, right? And we, we tried to build that brand or we built that brand for a number of years. And, uh, and then in 2015, I met a friend and I guess this was in the early days of personal brands. And my friend, Mike Kim, tells me, you know, hey, you need to you need to launch a personal brand. And so that's when Kevin D. Monroe came around because Kevin Monroe was already taken as a domain a basketball player or something. So I landed on KevinDMonroe.com. And, um, you know, and even in that Faye, it's been several things. And I appreciate you saying that the, the website is clear now. If it's clear now, and we're working to clarify it even more, let mm -hmm. me assure you, 2015, 2016, 2017, it was a mess, right? Because I didn't know what we were doing. And then to, to, to get back to the origin story real quickly, 2018, and I remember the date, and I can show you the date in a journal, April 17th, 2018. I woke up in a really dark place and I know what depression's like. And I knew I was on the slippery slope of going somewhere dark into despair. And that's not anywhere I want to go. I've been there before. And, and so I have morning rhythms and routines, even though uh, like this morning, I was up 4.30 this morning without an alarm clock. I'm usually up between 4.30, 5, 5.15 without an alarm clock. That day, April 17th, 7.30, I'm still struggling to get out of bed. Mm -hmm. Right. And I just finally get out of bed and there was no zeal for life. Uh, it, it was just darkness. And uh, I'm a person of faith. And I cried out. I, I was in a prayer. Just a, a mentor had encouraged me, invited me to join him praying daily. 
And when he asked me, he said, would you join me in 15 minutes praying a day? I'm like, um, Doug, I haven't prayed 15 minutes in the last two years. I'm not <laughs> quite sure what you're asking me to do. But uh, that day, April 17th, was day 744 of this journey of just sitting in silence a few minutes a morning. That's what it means for me. Opening myself up, reading some inspirational uh Words, you know, scriptures, praying, asking God to speak, trying to hear if there's something to say. And that morning, I just cried out, Spirit, you are the spark of creativity. Spark something in me. Spark something in me. And faith, 45 minutes later, what sparked in me was the idea for a program. And the program was like 85% fully formed. And we launched this program that we called the Extraordinary Experiment. Because you know, I don't know you, you know, I look at Faye. I mean, okay, I'm going to put you on the spot a moment. Yeah, Faye. please. When you look in the mirror, do you mm -hmm. see Faye, the extraordinary superhuman? Or do you see Faye just a, you know, gosh, I'm just ordinary Faye. I don't know. I mean, maybe, mm -hmm. which do you see? Because I will tell you, I see Kevin, ordinary guy. <laughs> you know, that's such, such an interesting question, actually. It's very deep. I think I, I think I have different visions for myself there's maybe a version the two versions you described maybe there's somewhere in between that yeah. maybe sometimes less than ordinary uh you know and then i, I want to you know this is this is the reason why i want to pause on this because i think what do you see when you're facing the mirror by yourself as opposed to someone else explaining to you or encouraging you should feel a certain way or do you tie your own identity to a, a recent event, such as you've interviewed a really famous person, you've done something, you've appeared on some magazine? Like, do you see yourself better, or greater than that version? Yeah, so some kind of external yeah. validation, right? There was mm -hmm. something that says you're you've arrived. You have mm -hmm. this measure of stature and status because of these things. Right. Huh. Well, right. for people who feel ordinary but want to live an extraordinary life. That's what we set out for. And we did this 13-week journey. And mm -hmm. each week went a little deeper and with a challenge and inviting people to do something. Week one was just the noticing challenge. Just be aware of what's around you. Because most people are totally self-absorbed, right? Mm -hmm. Walking around with their head and their phones, not even seeing the other people around them, going through lines, never even talking to other people because they're just self-absorbed in this little bubble. Mm -hmm. Well, week six on this 13-week journey was gratitude. Mm -hmm. In fact, it was the first time that, I, and this is 29, uh, 2018 when we did this program, first time I'd ever thought, are gratitude and being thankful the same thing? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and when we tried to explain it in a video, I realized there was a difference. So then I was on the journey to, to discover that difference. Now, I'll fast forward into June 2019 mm -hmm. in early morning, seven o'clock in the morning. I hear these four words, host a gratitude challenge. And it was mm -hmm. with a question mark. It wasn't a command. It wasn't, you know, go host a gratitude challenge. It was just like host a gratitude challenge. Well, I had a guy coming on my podcast that I had at the time who had written a book on gratitude and he was going to join me for episode 101 because I wanted to ground the second hundred episodes in the good soil of gratitude. So I call up Steve. I said, Hey Steve, what do you think if we hosted a gratitude challenge? He goes, great idea. Count me in. Mm -hmm. Faye, I was expecting him to ask all kinds of questions and push back instead of yeah. count me in. 
So then I called my friend Christy and said, hey, Christy, you want to help us plan a gratitude challenge? Sure, count me in. So we jumped on Zoom that afternoon. In an hour's time, we developed the plan. Mm -hmm. And a week later, we've announced it. A week, Two weeks later, we've launched it. Mm-hmm. And that's how I kind of got into doing gratitude focus activities. Now, something amazing happened in the weekend before we were going to launch. Another friend who, whose name is Steve, Steve Brown. If you see this, Steve, you got to know I'm still grateful for your extravagant generosity that you showed to me all the time since that time in July 2019. Steve, Steve goes, hey, Kevin. I have a Twitter group, a global uh, group on Twitter. Can I share this with them? Like, Mm -hmm. sure, Steve. Sunday morning, he calls me. Hey, Kevin, I I write a blog. Can I put this in my blog today? Sure, Steve. So we busted our fannies, Faye, because we we (laughs) launched this the week of July 4th. We weren't thinking how crazy that is. July 4th fell on Thursday that year. July 5th, we got 100 people. And then my friend Steve hears about this. So from 2 o'clock Saturday afternoon, to 12 noon on Monday when we closed the doors because we ran it as a closed cohort, 190 additional people joined us because of Steve's extravagant generosity. Wow. So we have 290 people joining us for this 10-day session. On Tuesday, I noticed something. There are 100 people on a wait list because Steve's promotion efforts just didn't stop, right? There's still People are still and I'm like, oh my gosh. Then there was this question. It was a bit rhetorical. What do you do? Well, Faye, we ran it again, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Two weeks later, we start another 10-day mm-hmm. challenge. We had 349 people join that second one. And I ended up hosting 22 sessions of that 10-day gratitude challenge. And we ended up having 3,000 people, close to 3,000 people from 58 <laughs> countries of the world join those gratitude challenges. Let me break that down. First of all, there are people, there are like five, six people watching us on LinkedIn. So thank you so much for watching. Send us your questions. And it is such a incredible. Hello, Danny. Danny's a friend of mine. I haven't seen her in years, but she's one that's popped in with a message. So, hey, Danny. (laughs) Fantastic. Um, so Kevin, part of the people, you know, who are watching this, uh, you know, we have some shared, uh, you know, common friends as well, like Chris, and Michelle, who introduced us. And, you know, I think it's incredible to say and, and to witness in the past few years, like a lot of people that I, I saw just came up with this idea. I want to start a challenge. I want to start a movement. Uh, Danny loves you, um, Kevin. And, uh, <laughs> and at what point did you realize, like when you look back to say, wow, I really want this thing to work or I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm going to do it anyways. But mm. for this challenge <laughs> to become so successful, what are some of the tipping points? People, mm. Steve, as you mentioned, but let's just say, what if Steven didn't show up? What would the experience have been? Would it still mm. be worth it to if if 3000 people didn't show up? What was the decision? Yeah, to OK, make, so, you know, um, <laughs> Let me, let me, I'm, I want to answer the question, Faye, and and I'm going to answer it. I'll come back. This one, it just kind of unfolded, right? It it unfolded. I wasn't real sure. Uh, But let me, I'll answer it two ways. The one is, folks, uh, six years ago, I remember hearing these four words on a Sunday morning. 
And it's how I've tried to live my life and run my business since then. More led, less driven. More led, less driven. Having good ideas just pop. Uh, hey, Gordon. <laughs> I'm so glad Gordon's here. We can have some fun with this one in a few minutes. Uh, sure. So, uh, but, but this whole idea of I want to do inspired work. So when an inspired idea knocks at my door, like that one did, host a gratitude challenge. Mm -hmm. I, over the last, I don't know, seven years, and, and I can give credit to a mentor and friend of mine, Rich Sheridan, uh, CEO of Menlo Innovations, author of Joy Inc. and Chief Joy Officer, been a friend of mine for 12 years now. When I first met him, Faye, I remember him saying, Kevin, around here, we don't burn the ships and we don't boil the ocean. Mm. We just run the experiment. Mm -hmm. Now, Faith, for me, who is still a recovering perfectionist, and I think the longest I've ever gone without a complete relapse is two days. You know, <laughs> like, ah! yeah. you, you, know you just get wigged out over trying to perfect something. Mm -hmm. But this idea of running an experiment is so liberating to me because it's like, hey, we don't have to get it right. right? No. Right. When an inspired idea shows up, I believe I have two initial responses and responsibilities. Number one is to say yes to the idea. Mm -hmm. Open the door, let it in, right? Number two is do something. Take some kind of action. So if you notice, when I, I, I told this, talking about this with um, June 17th, 2019, the moment the idea came, I picked up my phone and I called Steve. Hey, Steve. Do you want to do this with me? Here's an idea, right? Mm. So that's throwing it out there in the world and it's creating some accountability. Now mm. I've invited somebody, right, to, to join. Mm. I've, I've, I've voiced the idea. So an idea shows up, say yes, take action. Then I invite Christy in. Uh, now, I'll fast forward a little bit. Uh, in, in January 2020, before the world went uh, crazy, right? Before the world went crazy, uh, a friend of mine, Tracy Fenton. Oh man, Nick Bullis. Oh, we're gonna have some fun. We got some. We've got some. We've got gratitude advocates here. Some of whom started as skeptics. Faye, they didn't believe when they joined. We can talk about that in a moment. Uh, but. My friend Tracy Fenton, who leads World Blue, asked me would I do a webinar for her leadership cohort. I'm like, sure, Tracy. What would you want me to do it on? She's like, duh, gratitude. Now, I will tell you, that's the first time I realized I had become the gratitude guy. Gratitude was just one of these things I had been dabbling in before then. But at that moment, it was like, oh, this is my work. So we set out to do a gratitude encounter that was supposed to happen in April of 2020, like three weeks after the world went crazy. So we don't end up getting to do that until August of 2020. Then mm -hmm. so I've done one thing that I called a gratitude encounter. My friend Tracy said, will you host a webinar? I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I'd love to do something on gratitude, but I don't think you need a talking head for 45 minutes. You should be grateful. He, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, and, and then you ask, are there any questions? And of course not, because everybody faded off you know, 40 minutes ago when they just realized you're a talking head. She said, well, what will you do? I said, I don't know. Let me think about it. So a couple of weeks later passed. I'm on my morning walk and I get this idea. 
and I stop, whip out my phone, open Evernote, and outline what became a gratitude encounter in seven minutes. The whole thing was just there. Like, oh, here's what I want to do. And then September 10th, 2020 rolls around. And I'm on my morning walk again. I walk every morning. And this question entered my mind, Faye, of all of the things that energize and excite you, Kevin, what is the one thing that has the broadest appeal and greatest impact? Now, if you're familiar with... um, the book, the one thing that's kind of where that, you know, maybe the one thing thinking came about. What, what's the one thing? Mm-hmm. And instantly I knew my answer was gratitude. So then that day, to answer your question, I, I, I thought, what can I do to go into the gratitude business full time? And how, how do I get started? I didn't know, but I just knew this is what I wanted to do. Well, I'd hosted a gratitude encounter one time. So Faye, that day, I put on the calendar seven sessions of the Gratitude Encounter starting October, the first Tuesday in October 2020, and I booked them through April 2021, first Mm -hmm. Tuesday of every month. Still do these to this day, but that moment I committed to do seven Mm -hmm. to see, does this concept work? Because, Faye, I know me. If I committed to do one or two, Mm-hmm. And not enough people showed up on the first or second time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, this isn't going to work. There, there's mm-hmm. not a market for this. I didn't mm-hmm. even know there was a market, right? I, I just did this. The first one that sh- we do, a friend of mine, Tobin, shows up. He's like, oh, my gosh, Kevin, this is amazing. Did you know this is a commercially viable service? Hey, I go, no, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Will you help me? market it as a commercially viable service. So, I mean, there's a lot we can unpack here. Mm-hmm. Mm, for sure. For sure. I think friends, right? the value of asking for help. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, you clearly have a lot of passion for this and, and you've already, you know, people are, are raving about your brand. They've joined in. I would love to unpack and show my audience and people are watching to say exactly like you said, you have to do these things more than once. I think about my YouTube journey, which remains to be an experiment since 2019. I have to pivot. Uh, you know, I have to make change happen. So that's absolutely the right attitude. One question from Gordon. Kevin, how do you sustain the level of enthusiasm and energy every day? Because that's what you constantly project. Ah, mm. uh, That's a great question, Gordon. Um, I'm not sure. So, I mean, I'm really not sure. I can tell you things I do daily, right? So when I wake up in the morning, my wife and I were parents of two children. We are empty nesters. I am an early riser. My wife, Gwen, is not, right? So I have a couple of hours every morning to myself. And in those early morning hours, I have things I do every day. I journal I sit in silence. I listen to a meditation. I pray. I read. I, I, and I just, this year I started wanting to sit in silence five to 10 minutes a day, doing nothing, just trying to be still. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have a dear friend, mentor, Oscar Trimboli wrote this beautiful little book, Deep Listening. And I love doing this, Faye, because this shows you how little the book is, right? There's the, there's uh, the palm of my hand. Deep listening. Oscar and I were doing a listening program together two years ago. And uh, he asked me, 
what's the difference between silence and stillness? And I'm like, I don't know. Let me think about it. It took me a moment to answer. And then I realized silence for me, silence for me is the external environment, right? We, I can make things quiet in my environment, not have any noise, right? It's quiet at 4 35 o'clock in the morning, but stillness is something totally different. Stillness is what happens in my mind, right? And, and, and then when I was trying to answer Oscar this question, I'm like, you know, I can think back to the zoo, Oscar. I love going to the zoo. When I go to the zoo, I love watching the monkeys. And, and Oscar said, well, uh, stillness, how do you define it? I said, you know, I, I said, oh, because I, I talked about having monkey mind, having monkey mind, right? Thoughts. I mean, there's so many mornings I wake up. My, my wife will say, well, you woke up two o'clock. Well, something was on my mind. I knew I wasn't going back to sleep. So I start working. I start writing. That's mm -hmm. monkey mind. Oscar said, well, what do you do with monkey mind? I said, well, you know, stillness is when it's nap time in the monkey pen. And have you ever been to the zoo when it's nap time? And the monkeys are just, you know, usually they're just, you know, swinging everywhere. You go in at nap time and they're just all spread out and they're zonked out. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what it's like to have stillness for me. It's when all of those crazy thoughts, oh my gosh, New Zealand is in the house, right? Mm -hmm. Fantastic. New yeah. Zealand. Hey, Dallas, New Zealand is in the house, but that's what stillness is. So silence is stilling the outside. Stillness is silencing the inside and just sitting with my thoughts. And back to your point, realizing I am enough and what I have is enough, right? And life is enough and, and just being at peace with that. But that gives me energy. I, I don't know. And then people give me energy. And seeing the difference that you and I, all of us, have the opportunity to make, those things inspire me when somebody has a breakthrough. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'll just say that one of the people in the thread here, and he, he has allowed me, oh, I just said it was a guy. He's allowed me to say this because he's self-identified. When he joined one of our, uh, 2021, we started hosting these 30-day journeys, 30 days in the power of gratitude. And this friend was in the very first one. And it's like on day 28, when he says, you know, I started as a skeptic. I didn't believe this gratitude stuff, but now I do. And I can say this to you, Faye, and, and because we've had this conversation in the last month, he's still a believer. Almost two years later, still a believer in the power of gratitude. Now that energizes me. That excites me. Uh, another person joined us. So I, I use this tool called Mentimeter. Do you know Mentimeter? It's a no. word. It's a, it's a, a tool uh, that uses text messaging to allow interaction of people in the audience, right? Whether you're a live audience, virtual audience. So you put up a question and people can type in their responses. Mentimeter. Ah, yeah, there's Gordon. Gordon's, Gordon's my friend that said he was a skeptic. So we asked these questions. Um, what word or phrase would you use to describe your, your experience of these 30 mm. days in the power of gratitude? The very first time I asked that question, Faye, these two words appear on the word cloud. And it's, mm. it's anonymous, so I don't know who's saying it, right? But all of a sudden, I see resurrection and rebirth. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, wow, wow, what? And I, mm. I asked, hey, the person that wrote resurrection and rebirth, would you talk about this? And my friend Portia Watkins now, Porsche is one of these three people 
Right now, we are we are in day 22 of our 10th session of 30 Days in the Power of Gratitude. Portia Watkins is one of three people that's been in all 10 sessions, Faye. Mm-hmm. All 10 sessions, every one of them. But she was there the first one. She goes, that was me. She goes, the first year of COVID, I lost six friends and family to COVID. And her job required her to be on site every day during COVID. So she's dealing with all of the, the fears and the frustrations. And, and life had just become a challenge. Yeah. And through gratitude, she reconnected to purpose, to zeal for living. Mm-hmm. Now, as the guide, that excites me. That energizes me. A couple of sessions later, a young lady, mother of three, is with us. And as we're going through these 30 days, she's sharing that anxiety is so overwhelming in her life that she has panic panic attacks Mm -hmm. regularly. And there are times she's even pulled off the side of the road on the interstate and a first responder will stop to see if she's okay. And she'd say, yeah, I'm fine. I just need a few minutes. You know, my car's fine. I'm just processing something. That's the kind of panic. So the end of 30 days, we're having a celebration session. We asked this question on the word cloud with Mentimeter of all, you know, what, what word or phrase would you use to describe these experiences? And all of a sudden the word tranquility shows up on the screen. And I'm like, I've never seen that before. Tranquility. Well, this, this woman said, oh, that was me. You all know my story. Mm-hmm. And uh, of the, the anxiety, the level of panic. I went through these 30 days in the power of gratitude without one panic attack. And Faye, I felt that nudge Mm. to gently ask, how often does that happen? Her response, never. Mm -hmm. Never do I go 30 days without a panic attack. So, Those kind of things energize and excite me because, and people frequently describe these encounters, these experiences as transformational, life-changing, inspiring, uplifting. So, Faye, the opportunity to do that kind of work that matters, that excites me every Mm. single day. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's a very complete answer to uh, (laughs) what Gordon was asking about, for sure. And- I think I've worked on including my own project face world um, and the ability to work on a number of projects really taught me over the years of how grateful I am, first of all, to have my friends uh, near me, having these creators to be part of my universe, my world, and they do inspire me every day. And I think it's also important to break down the barriers to think, you know, this is your, maybe it was your passion project. You, you I don't think it sounded, you know, the word money has not even come into the ether and you are doing this because you love it and we can all feel it. So my question is, what's your advice to people who are doing something that they're really, they feel powerful. uh, They feel like they really should do, even they must do and is taking maybe time away from their own projects, you know, family, friends, Mm -hmm. uh, their free time, but they really want to do this. How do you help people understand that, see clearly, and then understanding whether there is a monetary outcome or not. You know, how do they balance 
mm. that, you know, the thought there, a lot of people are too embarrassed to even talk about, we feel like it's just not right to talk about money. Um, so what's your, what's your take on that? You're, you've committed a lot of your time and energy into this project. Yeah, I have. Uh, and, and so I, I want to fully disclose here. Faye asked me, could she ask me this question? I said, yeah, I might not like my answer, Faye, but let's talk mm -hmm. about it. And, you know, um, hmm. So I'll, I'll just be honest here. I don't have the revenue nut cracked fully yet. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. Uh, we have had some amazing uh Oh, I'm looking at it. my optimism is fueled by my. Yeah, I saw that quote, uh, Simone. My opti Michael J. Fox says, my optimism is fueled by my gratitude. And with gratitude, optimism is sustainable. Uh, I, I love that. Maybe we'll come back and, and talk about that a little more. But from a revenue standpoint, right? The thing that's interesting, and so many of us uh, have these uh, roller coaster, right? Mm -hmm. Something happens. I mean, Faye, a, a year ago on the same day, right? So two years ago, my friend Tobin sees this and says, you know, this is, this is, a, uh, this is a commercially viable service. So we mm -hmm. did smaller companies even in 2019. I mean, in 2020, 2021, on the same day, I received contracts from two of the leading companies in the world on the same day. I'm like, how does this happen, right? That mm -hmm. Pfizer signed me up for work. And, and now the interesting with both of those, one was a one-time event. One was a limited term project. Mm -hmm. There's still opportunity to do more. We haven't cracked the nut for doing more yet, mm -hmm. right? So those are things. And, and then I've had the opportunity to work with some of the biggest companies in the world. The most recent one was Amazon. Do a project with one group inside Amazon. Well, now I want to figure out how to do work with all of Amazon, right? Mm -hmm. If we have one division of Amazon Web Services, why can't we help all of them? Mm -hmm. So that's, uh, and to me, that's where it's a relationship quest. Mm -hmm. right? Because all of these things, I mean, just, they found me. I would not know what door to knock on inside mm -hmm organization as big as Amazon or as big as Pfizer or as big as PepsiCo. But people had seen the gratitude encounters we were doing. People had joined a gratitude encounter, which is absolutely a free thing I do on the first Tuesday of every month. And there are people come and then they ask, hey, do you do this for companies? Yes, I do. Would you do it for our company? Of course I will. Right. Mm -hmm. And then and you start building that. Um, but it's just this again, it's experimenting. And I have a friend right now in the corporate world that wants to jump out and do something else. But it's kind of like, ah, you know, when's the time, right? I don't know. There's no one set answer for everybody. So one thing I, this is me jumping in and hearing some opportunities and I like to kind of present and just share those ideas uh, because you approach a lot of people and I can see that some of the folks who are very close and dear to your heart, who are part of the group, most likely have a lot of connections, you know, their own companies, for instance, the companies they work for, or maybe they're entrepreneurs, literally, it's their company. Um, there's more leverage there. And um, even just helping 
like spread the word of how something is done. Because I think what I have noticed with content creation and, you know, part, there's something I'm really passionate about, which are like, I don't like the word brand deals. Sometimes it's called sponsorships, you know, or like collaboration with brands is I noticed that brands do want to understand how it breaks down. They, yes, they want to know the impact and, and people have positive feedback in general, but a lot of the times they want to kind of see how the, you know, how it's made, you know, what happens behind the scenes, how you're able to wrangle and engage with an audience of any size. Like you said, sometimes a small group. I love small group exercises, four to five people, dozens or so people. They may be wondering, like, Kevin, is there a version where you can do a town hall size um, experience? And the answer most likely is yes. So I think if there's more opportunities to show how it's done, plus people's experience and connecting the dots of you have 300 people, 300 soldiers, and each one of them probably at a minimum have a few hundred connections on LinkedIn. I can imagine when these soldiers are telling like field stories, uh, there's definitely going to be a ripple effect. What do you think of that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, Faye. Uh, so the first Friday of this year, I had this idea of inviting people to be a gratitude ambassador. Mm-hmm. Now, and I want to make a distinction here. This wasn't to be a Kevin Monroe ambassador. This wasn't to be my brand ambassador. It's just mm-hmm. like to be a gratitude ambassador. Mm-hmm. But now for some of those people, it, they want to do both. They want to grow gratitude in the world. So the only qualification to be a gratitude ambassador, at least at this point, is to one, believe in gratitude, and two, to believe the world needs more of it, right? And if you want to do this, we started a group on LinkedIn called Gratitude Ambassadors. Now, some of those ambassadors have opened doors into their companies. That's how I got into uh, the big pharmaceutical company, right? Somebody opened the door and said, hey, you need to talk to somebody here, right? So this idea, uh, I heard a gentleman say this, you don't focus on building your resume, you focus on building relationships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it's somebody that says, hey, I, I experienced this. This was amazing. I want to introduce you to somebody. Uh, yeah. So I'm trying to read this. I love this question, Simone. If I type anything, you will be able to see it because LinkedIn doesn't allow me to reply to yeah. comments. This is a great question. And after what Kevin has to say, I have something to add to this as well. The okay, question is. Me. The question is for people who are listening to this as a podcast later on, Simone uh, Joe Moore said, is the belonging to tribes within the company debilitating us in large, complex, uh, you know, again, I've seen this happen in consulting and advertising. What a great question. Kevin, what do you think? Is the belonging to the tribes within a company debilitating us? Like creating silos. Oh, we're copywriters. We're friends. We're designers. We're friends. Let's not be friends with the project managers. Oh, oh okay. Okay. Now I'm getting it. Okay. All okay. Right. Wow. Yeah, it is. Okay. So, wait, you know, first off, I was so excited just to see a question about belonging because I that, that's something that excites me, Faye. We all have this innate longing for belonging. We want to be seen, heard, and valued. But yes, if you find a place where you are seen, heard, and valued, and then you 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 stop being seen, heard, and valued from anybody else, right? You're not open to that. You've got, hey, the, the six of us, the 20 of us, the 50, mm-hmm. we're, it's us, it's us. And now it's us against the world, mm-hmm. right? No, that, that's not healthy. That's not healthy, I don't think. Uh, and we do see that in big companies. Uh, is that, yeah, uh, 
you know, I would I would even take it a little further, Simone. It's not just silos. People create empires, and then they pit their empire against somebody else's empire, and they're wanting to expand their empire. And if it's not their leader's idea, they don't want to support it, right? If it's not our idea. So I, I think we, we just need to uh, bust those to some degree, but still have belonging. Now, Faye, you had something you wanted to add. Yeah. I think it's really true. I think some of this, Simone and um, Dallas, I, I agree with you. I've witnessed this. And uh, in my 20s, in my early 30s, it's a really difficult situation. So I just want to acknowledge that. I think, especially coming from consulting and marketing agencies, there's a tendency that you have witnessed when an entire department, let's say, is removed from the company because a particular skill or offering or service just are no longer supported by the company. And that can be very harsh. So that is internally, some, sometimes this is unspoken, unsaid, is, oh, we got to stick to each other. Yeah. Copywriters are the best. Designers are needed forever. You know, digital is not important. Um, you know, these things can be very difficult. Even well, if you personally feel differently about how to you know, be stronger, let's be friends with everybody, let's really make connections. If your team doesn't feel the same way that it's hard to sell that message. So uh, one of the things that I have done is I think number one, decide that you're going to be different, that you, you might create a different situation for yourself. So I did something because I wanted to do, honestly, it's not like I'm here to piss off somebody, but I started a digital production learning group, which is started by my, you know, it's about our department, but I purposely walked into every, everyone, IT, copywriting, PR, TV ads, mm -hmm. commercials. I walked into every department and invited people to join the group to talk about their discipline mm -hmm. and what they have learned. And people loved it. And HR even stepped in and started ordering free pizza for us. And that was a, such an invaluable experience. And I didn't have to be the know-it-all either. I was right. no expert. I only know, you know, slice of the pie. And I think I really kind of reunited people in a way, in a very unexpected way, kind of the, the Kevin way as well. So try okay. something and see if that works. You used a word that I loved when I heard you say it and then heard you expand on invitation, invita invite, invite. Mm -hmm. You know, um, the end of February 2019, I noticed there were five Fridays in March. So this was an experiment. I started hosting. I thought, what if I host a hangout every Friday at 12 noon, because I had that window and that window opened it up to people in Europe as well as people on the West Coast of the US. So I started hosting what was just called a hangout on Fridays. And mm -hmm. I, I saw uh, week one, I wasn't real sure, nine people showed up. We weren't real sure what was going to happen. It, it, we had this wonderful time. Week two, the value proposition started becoming clear. Mm -hmm. Week three, it was growing like crazy. I started, how did you get here? How did you find out about this? And the answer was always the same. Oh, so-and-so invited me. I was invited. Somebody invited me. Mm -hmm. And I started recognizing this phrase. And, and I coined the phrase, wow, the power of invitation. The power of invitation. What if we just invite people in, right? We don't erect walls to keep people out. Mm -hmm. we, we lower the gates, open the doors and invite people in. And when we extend an invitation, people are just as free to say yes as they are to say no. Right. And, and it's just crazy. Mm -hmm. But you started inviting people and you started creating alliances and mm -hmm. finding allies in those other 
departments because they're people that feel like what you feel and believe the way you believe. So Mm -hmm. why don't we make allies with them over this cause rather than, you know, uh, create little uh, fiefdoms that we're now Mm -hmm. trying to fight against each other. Very true. And I think one of the things, uh, Kevin, that I noticed is I know that you come from a history of working in software companies and, and many different career paths, potentially. And you've met a lot of people along the way. Personally, for me, to look beyond the, you know, the corporation I was working for was really helpful because, trust me, you know, as a younger person, you know, like 5, 10, 15 years ago, it was so essential. It was expected of me to work very long hours, nights and weekends. So I get it. Your 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 work friends are supposed to be your buddies, your family. And I trust me, I, I build an incredible, you know, really incredible relationships, people I'm still in, you know, in touch with and uh, supported throughout the pandemic. But it was so essential for me when I started the show, you know, Kevin is now episode, I think, 328 right now. I think I've memorized it. So I've spoken with over 300 people. Kevin has spoken with over 3,000 people because of the gratitude challenge. And you start to see a whole new picture beyond um, what you're looking at, you know, who you interact with every day. And that is huge for me. And one example would be, um, I want to just like throw it out there. Uh, one of the, the guys I interviewed said, I just want to be able to, you know, bring my kids to school and, and stand outside of school at two o'clock to welcome them home. It sounds so mundane. And I said, I want to be there for my mom's uh, medical appointments. I don't want her yeah. to walk in and talk to yeah. the doctor by herself. Uh, and that was, that was such a North star and realize that's the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey. And I said, that would never be possible because I don't know anybody who can do that in my circle. And when I started the interview, I have 20 people, then 50, then 100 people who show me the way. And then when I realize it's possible. Okay, so I've got, I've got, I heard this quote 20 years ago. Uh, First time I ever heard it. I was in a meeting. It was a town hall meeting. Barbara Sable from the Kellogg Foundation. She shares this. Uh, relationships are primary. All else is derivative. Mm-hmm. Relationships are primary. All else is derivative. And, and I know some of the people here have heard me say that in sessions because it, it, it's what my father taught me, but it was a little more refined, you know. Uh, and and so what that creates for me, Faye, is this desire. Okay, when you and I met, right, we had a mutual friend, Chris, that invited 12 people to a 90-minute conversation. Mm-hmm. Chris was the only one of the nine uh, of the 12 people I knew. I didn't even, I, I mean, I didn't even read the invitation the first time because I, I thought <laughs> it was something else. And then all of a sudden, I start seeing people respond. I realize what we're being invited to. Mm-hmm. And I looked at this and Chris loved it, but I mean, because I, I just shared it. I went and looked up everybody's profile, including yours, that was on the list. And I just, I asked this question, will my life be richer from spending 90 minutes with these people? Yeah. And the answer was absolutely. Now, Faye, this hasn't even mm-hmm. been a month. So Chris and I talked in the last hour, right? I mean, 30 minutes before I was talking to you, I was on a phone with Chris about something we're doing. And Chris tells me you all were talking last night, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not even been a month. Yeah. And I've, I've, uh, I've had five one-on-one conversations with five of the 12 people that were there. I've mm-hmm. been invited, Michelle Cheney, 
was on with her last week creating content for Content College, right? Mm -hmm. And been invited to be uh, Pick My Brains with Maxine. Pick My Brain, not Brains. Pick My Brain. Great mm -hmm. site. Check it out. All of this because we invested in relationships. And now I'm here with you because I said yes, you said yes. Yeah, exactly. We just gave it a shot. We didn't know how this is going to go. Kevin, you're you're one of the newest uh, friend that I've had. And we had a very, this is the first one-on-one. -on -one. So give it a chance. Uh, how bad could it be? And so far, it's been very pleasant. And I'm so thrilled to be connected to your friends as well. So one more question from Simone. Oh, this is more like, um, it, this is, more like a reflection. Uh, it's so true. I think Simone said, I think people have forgotten our work chart. Heart lines are not the only part of our nexus, but the sidelines dotted line connection with other teams is oh. just as important, sometimes even more so, uh, more important. And Simone, I just have to agree with you because, you know, I realize sometimes people within the same domain, same expertise might even have some sort of weird competitions going on, you know, as opposed to when you look at uh, any company, any organization, you don't yeah. only have designers, you don't only have bankers, you need people from IT, from design, from strategy to really work more cohesively together. So you're absolutely right. Kevin, oh, so me, there's a book. Benjamin Hardy authored the book, but it's Dan Sullivan's idea. And the book is called Who, Not How. Mm -hmm. And we have been taught to think that the answer to every question we have is, how can I do that? How can I do that? And Dan Sullivan, Simone, says the real answer is, who can help me? Right. Mapping that out. It's not how can I do this? Well, who do I know or who do I not know? But I know somebody that knows that could introduce me to the answer or help me find the solution rather than thinking, how do I? How do I? How do I? So the answer to every uh, how do I do that question is a who can help me answer. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I, Kevin, I, I really, I want to respect your time. We have about like five minutes or so left and I want to cover uh, and kind of get in there and um, talk about the idea of doing, following your passion, maybe, you know, anywhere 20, 30, 50% of the time. And then, you know, in terms of revenue and make sure that we can all pay the bills, be comfortable, be responsible for our family, for ourselves, uh, that it's okay to work on something, you know, on the side, maybe that's a part-time job, maybe that's a full-time job, a part-time job. So I will be very, I want to be very transparent and, and vulnerable by saying, yes, at one point, you know, in the, in the future, hopefully the near future, I get to work on face world, the podcast, documentary, YouTube videos, and all that jazz, a hundred percent of my time. I don't do that. I haven't, haven't done that really, uh, consistently on a full-time basis. So I do take on clients, you know, I do work on YouTube strategy for clients. I have a phone call tonight at 10 PM. Uh, and, uh, because the client is based in Australia. So there's certain, it's not a sacrifice. I still very much enjoy the consulting side of things. So Kevin, do you mind speaking to how you're able to balance this passion project with maybe working with companies and also doing other types of work. Yeah. Um, okay. So, you know, I, I mentioned that I've uh, 17 years I've had my business. That business originally started working with nonprofits, doing strategy and leadership development, board retreats, uh, mm -hmm. strategic planning. Now, you will not find that anywhere on my website. Because that's not the work I'm aspiring to do now. But I have legacy 
clients for whom I still do those projects, right? And when one of those, or when, when a client is referred to me by one of my legacy clients, a new client, I will entertain doing that because those things help pave the way to get to the passion work we want to do. So I, I think of it as this, two things. One, how do we extend the runway, right? Mm -hmm. How do you get just more time that you can keep the plane flying before you have to shut down? Mm -hmm. Or, and the other thing, gosh, how do we get more oxygen? Because mm -hmm. when, when you, when I, when, when, when you feel that squeeze of money, what do you feel like? You feel like I can't breathe. Right? I don't have enough oxygen and we need oxygen to survive. So do whatever it takes to keep the lights on, the bills paid while you are creating that that you want to become. And, mm -hmm. and, and then recognize relationships are going to be what opens the door. Someone is going to see what you're doing, know what you do and make an invitation that an introduction that becomes part of the answer, right? And then, you know, it, it, it's this balancing thing. Maybe it's 75-25 at some point. Then it becomes 50-50. And then all of a sudden it's now 75% yeah. coming from your new project. That's right. And you, you just keep going until you can do all of it this Oh. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love the transparency. This is something we have to talk about, guys. I think it's so much, so many of us creators are thinking about zero to a hundred, either all or nothing. It's just not how it works. Um, so I love this um, new comment from the reinvention perspective. Yeah. A new key trend oh. is, um, oh, what is... Verite. How awesome. Yeah. Great to have you here. <laughs> Competition. Competition, right? Competition. Balancing cooperation and competition, collaboration and competition. Oh. That, that, so people that, that might have been adversaries in the past are now collaborators or cooperators, right? Ooh. Because th there's this new approach. Uh, and, and the other thing is how do we raise the water for all the boats on the river? Right? right. You know, I had a friend a couple of weeks ago, introduced me to somebody by email that was starting to do something in gratitude. And my response was, and the, the person's name was Lizzie. And I remember typing this, go Lizzie, go. How mm -hmm. can I help you? And my friend, Melissa responded to me, brought tears to my eyes. She goes, that's why I love you. I knew that would be your response. Not like, oh no, somebody else mm -hmm. is trying to get in the gratitude space. You know, how do we shut them down <laughs> rather mm -hmm. than how do we go, hey, we need more people doing this because mm -hmm. there's 8 billion people on the planet. Maybe you saw that last week, right? There are now 8 billion mm -hmm. people. I don't believe I have the capacity to serve 8 billion people. <laughs> <laughs> but right. all, I want eight, all 8 billion to be exposed to gratitude. Mm-hmm. That's that requires all of us doing this. That's right. Another great question from Simone. Um, but what techniques to carve out that balance of keeping the lights on versus passion? What are your favorite way or ways? Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> I mean, I think you mentioned one, right, yeah, Kevin? I mean, you, you work for corporations. Takes. Part mm -hmm. of it is doing whatever it takes. And, and okay, so let's be transparent. 
Faye, you mentioned something. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, I'm not really good at this. I want to get better at this. I'm serious. I want to get better at this. Asking people to help, asking people, Hey, do you know somebody that you could introduce me to? You you've seen what we do. Is there somebody, you know, that could benefit Mm -hmm. from this? Would you make an introduction? Mm -hmm. Right. Rather than, than, just trying to take it all ourselves. And, and I will tell you, I mean, um, one of my favorite books, I was looking for it. It's laying around here somewhere. Oh, the boy, the mole, the fox and the horse. Do you know this book? The boy, the mole, the fox and the horse. It's a children's book, but it's a great philosophy book. Um, two things out of this, then we'll be done. Uh, so it's a boy that then meets the, the mole and then they go on, they meet the fox and they meet the horse. Uh, and then at one point, the, the, boy ask the horse uh, what is the bravest thing you've ever done mm-hmm. ask or help yeah and 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 to recognize that asking for help is not giving up it's refusing to give up mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so we, we need to get better at opening the door and asking people for help I, I think that's the such an important message, everyone, especially for women. Women have the tendency, there are a lot of um, women who are watching us at the moment. We, we always prioritize everybody else, whether that's a spouse, your friends, family, your children, sister, brother, everybody else. And we always come in last. Because Stranger. We've been, yeah, <laughs> we've been educated that way, right? It, it's a selflessness. It's a... this. Yeah this somehow this attribute we have to hold on to, but you're absolutely right, Kevin, like asking for help has been one of the most challenging things that I'm working on daily. I feel like that's the thing I'm working on, you know, and I believe, I know at the beginning you mentioned, you mentioned depression, mental health. It's an absolute real thing. And I think it is for people like us who have experienced who have the almost in a way privilege to, to be able to see it, to seek help, um, to understand it better is so important, right? Um, and I think just connecting the dots and, and asking for help is so essential. And to believe that people around you, they love you and they want you to be successful and they want you to be happy. And if somebody turns you down, so what? It's just for me, it just not, it's not right now. Not right now. It doesn't mean never. And yeah. I have other people to turn to. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> Faye, the book I have listened to most in the last year and a half, and, and there is a reason why, it is The Seven Decisions by Andy Andrews. And I listen to it on Audible because Andy reads it himself, and he's such a great voice talent. Uh, when their voice character is, he, he's a comedian, used to be a comedian. He, and, you know, so if they're different voices, you get all of these characterizations. But there's seven decisions. Mm-hmm. The seventh decision, I'm, I'm going to tell you, this is why, this is the secret. This is why I keep listening to this book. I've now listened to it eight times. I've not listened to any other book eight times in the last, ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> seventh decision, I will persevere without exception. I will persevere. Other people will persevere until it gets tough and then they quit. And he tells the story of an aboriginal tribe of rain dancers that when they dance, it rains, it rains. And, you know, in in Australia, one of the white community leaders is calling for help and asked the chief of the aboriginal tribe, what 
is the secret to your success. Whenever you all dance, it always rains. And the chief says, it's simple. Mm -hmm. We don't stop dancing until it starts raining. What's the name of the book again? <laughs> the Seven Decisions. The Seven so, Decisions. The Seven Decisions. So um, folks, I'm just telling you, don't stop. Don't stop dancing. Do whatever you have to do mm -hmm. to get oxygen in the tank, to extend the runway, to keep doing what you feel so passionate about doing. Ask for help. And then, yeah, Simone, then, then uh, persevere and just keep at it. Don't quit. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's one of the things that I kind of laugh at. I mean, I have a friend. We, what's our greatest strength? Our, our strength is our, our res, you know, we just won't quit. Mm -hmm. the, the way we would actually say it, we're too dumb to quit, right? We just keep going. Whatever you yeah. want to say, but just keep going. So, yeah. wow. Mm. So many comments. I realize even if I pin the comment right now and they won't fly in until like the new ones here, but you know, actually, I'm going to do this for I want to thank everybody who is here with us. Um, yes. If you want to drop us any final thoughts and comments, you'll be on screen. But I want to thank everybody who's tuning in. I know how precious your time is. And I know most of you are here for Kevin. I hope you learned something and uh, being able to have some key takeaways from this. And Kevin, like before we wrap up, if there's one thing you want people to do to think about before mm -hmm. we part ways. What would that be? Oh, it, 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 it is so simple, Faye. What if we all do this right now? But, but I mean, as soon as this is over, what if you think and, and just whoever is the first person that comes to your mind, who is somebody that you are thankful, you are glad they are in your life, however they're in your life, friend, relative, employer, coworker, whoever that is. It, the next thing you do, Take a moment and send them a text message and say, I'm grateful for you. Here's why. However you say that, send them a message. Just say, man, I'm so happy that you're my friend. I'm grateful to have you in my life. Uh, every time I host a gratitude encounter, Faye, and I did this yesterday. This time yesterday, I was with a group, uh, a tea company, uh, Yamamoto Yama Tea. And we invited people to reach out and, and people get stories back. And you may send a message to someone who's really in the on the brink of despair right now. And all of a sudden, your text message telling them you're grateful for them. Yeah. It sparks hope. It 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 is a uh, bit of light for them. So send a text to somebody uh, and then come back and post in the thread what happened or, or send me a message. And if yeah, there are several people here that I know. A couple, I don't think I know Simone, but I promise you, I'm going to know Simone before this day is over. <laughs> <laughs> so true. I, I meet so many people through live streams and, you know, we follow each other and uh, it's amazing how we can help each other just discover the content that we produce more. You're not alone, guys. This is you're not just, alone. you're not alone. You know, there are a lot of success stories out there. Everything seems easy overnight. Uh, but no, success is measured by decades. And I want to take a moment and just, just show you guys, you know, what I've received from Kevin, you know, not only I get my own, uh, envelopes, but I also get two packages of friend of phase world. 
And on the back, it's just like, look how beautiful everything is. I'm grateful for you. And, and it's just in incredible. Like these are the cards that you can get from I'm grateful for you.co. So that's CO. Yep. You know, you can hand this out to people. I feel like, yeah, I'm going to go to farmer's market and just like, you know, hand to random people. It doesn't have to be people who know me really it's well. Right. So my friend Vicky that works for um, Pfizer, she goes and she, wherever she's at in work or, you know, at the uh, Panera Bread last week, she's picking up an order for the team mm -hmm. uh, and she gives the person, writes on the back, a little note how grateful she was for them they were amazing the mm -hmm. person didn't speak english didn't understand the manager came up and and picked the card and, and explained to her and all of a sudden she's crying she's mm -hmm. crying because the, expressing gratitude transcends culture it transcends language it's amazing so when you tell somebody i'm grateful for you here's why you will make a difference in their life. And and many people will respond, Faye, and say, you made my day. Yeah. So that's what we all get to do this afternoon. So let's do it. Let's go make somebody's day. Let's do it, guys. Thank you so much uh, for joining us today. Be sure to check out Kevin's work. Kevin, you know, Kevin's website as well as I'm grateful for you.co. And yeah, start spreading the love. And I hope all of you have a wonderful day and I'll see you next time when we go live. Bye.